Currently, there are nearly half a million women in Australia over the age of 45 who are facing homelessness. In Australia alone, it's it's for a myriad of complicated reasons. But if you are a, a single mother who rents um, and you work part-time, then there is a 65% chance that you will become homeless in your, in your life. Welcome to the Sisterhood Club podcast, where we talk all things business, Web3 and NFTs. We're on a mission to educate, elevate, and empower women into the world of Web3. So join us on this journey as we learn together from leading experts. And remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So please do your own research and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood Club podcast with myself, Georgie Hubbard. And me, Pam Caldwell. Today we have the wonderful Amy F. Stathis. And Amy is the partnership manager at Code Like a Girl. Code Like a Girl is a social enterprise providing girls and women with the confidence, tools, knowledge, and support to enter and flourish in the world of coding. Their mission is to empower and enable women and girls to be equal creators in building the future. Amy? It is exciting to have you here today and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Great start. Let's kick off with you, who you are, a little bit about your journey and we'll go on from there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited and yeah, really, this is one of my favourite topics in the world to talk about. So yeah, can't wait. Um, so yeah, I am Amy F. Stathis. I, I'm here representing the beautiful Code Like a Girl organisation. I have been lucky enough to be working with Code Like a Girl now for about 18 months and I was originally drawn to Code Like a Girl. I'm not a tech person. I have to, I, I think I need to lead with that quickly because um, otherwise people start talking to me about technical things and I have <laughs> Um, I'm not a technical person, but I am a very passionate um, advocate for women and women's equity and um, helping women to be the best people they can be in their own lives and to, and to have a say in their own lives as well. Um, so I have been working for cause-focused organisations for about 15 years in a variety of marketing, partnerships and events roles and um, just knew that, yeah, supporting women was, was in my future and when Code Like a Girl advertised this role, I jumped at it because, um, yeah, it just, it just meant so much. It just it just left off the page. I wasn't looking for a job, but as these things that are just meant to be are, um, an email came through and, and here I am today. And I get to work with the most inspirational group of women at Code Like a Girl. I think that's um, just the the best the best part of it is the team. Uh, I've learned so much. I'm inspired so much. And uh, yeah, it's just an incredible organization that really lives and breathes its mission. I don't think I've met an organization or worked with an organization that is just so authentic to what it's trying to achieve. So yeah, it's very exciting. I love that. And I'm curious. So you've worked in like female led organizations. You're clearly passionate about getting women into technology. I remember that conversation we had a while ago and I was so inspired after that call. And where does that passion come from? Uh, I think when you realize the situation that women are, are in, the statistics for how we're getting left behind, the statistics of how we're getting left out of some of the most successful industries in the world, how we're not 
been supported and given the knowledge and the information that we need to have a successful lifelong mission. Currently, there are nearly half a million women in Australia over the age of 45 who are facing homelessness. In Australia alone, it is the biggest group of women, the biggest group that is um, that is facing homelessness. It's the biggest challenge of homelessness of our time currently wow. is the amount of women. And it's it's for a myriad of complicated reasons. But if you are a, a single mother who rents um, and you work part-time, then there is a 65% chance that you will become homeless in your, in your life. Wow. And that's just not good enough. For so many, it's because of careers, it's because of unaffordable um, housing, it's because of superannuation, um, it's because we put care of others before ourselves um, and it's the old face mask rule. We've got to put the face mask on first, ladies, where you can only be the best parent we possibly can be when we're looking after ourselves first. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess that's where the passion came from when I realised um, there were so many opportunities that women were missing out on um, and we have been system- systemically left out of careers like tech where incomes are growing, are growing substantially and significantly in the tech world alone, we need to fill 60,000 roles per year for the next few years. Um, and only 7,000 people are coming out of university. So mm. there's this huge gap in the market. It is a future-proof career to help us solidify our, our future economic state and mm. to ensure that we have lifelong economic stability. But we don't go into it because someone told us it was for boys. Mm. And it's not. It's definitely yeah. not. Yeah, that is so interesting. I actually was completely unaware about that stat about women over 45 years old. And I feel as though that that dynamic, that sort of um, age group, they are a, a huge untapped resource. But I suppose when you get to that age, you've got so many constructs in your mind throughout your life that have popped you in a box and to be able to break that down must become really quite complicated um what what do you see on on in terms of like that older age demographic or more mature age demographic what do you see as the main sort of barriers to entry to tech for women in that that group definitely and I think the same barrier exists throughout all of our lives and it's that because we don't live and breathe tech, gaming, you know, because we don't spend our weekends playing um, video games, women think, oh, I can't, I, I'm, I can't keep up. I don't have enough to offer. Um, and it's a fallacy. I think mm-hmm. that's the number one fallacy. The other is for women, especially in that over 45 age group, is we do have to share our care responsibilities with our career. And this is the reason why women make up the most of the short-term casual labour market in Australia, because we need flexible we need flexible working, and we think that's casual. Now, casual working, unfortunately, is the most unsafe. You're going to have the less super. You're more inclined to lose your job. Um, you're more inclined to to face the when face the issues that arise around recessions and pandemics and global financial crises. People who are part-time casual uh, lose their job faster or get their hours reduced faster than those that work full-time. So the lack of flexibility, I think, in roles historically that we've seen, um, I definitely think that's changing and I'd love to talk more about that at some stage. You know, women think that a a tech or a a career um, of any sort 
doesn't provide that flexibility. But because the tech industry is growing so fast and we've got such a talent drought, organisations are becoming smarter, more flexible and more welcoming to women, um, women particularly, women and, and diverse individuals, um, definitely non-binary people. Tech realises it needs a more diverse landscape in its talent pool and mm. is becoming more flexible to welcome those people. Yeah, well it, well, it absolutely does because technology is the future and if you don't have women involved in that future, then the world's not going to be a good place as far as I'm concerned. Like I think like the world is definitely out of balance right now and we do need to see that more feminine energy. So you, you've mentioned there like about the gaming and and young boys like being attracted to that. So it, it, like, I'm thinking of Emily here, your yeah. gorgeous daughter. Like, yeah. you know, I, I can't see Emily wanting to come home and, and jump on a computer game, but like how as a, a mother, if you're listening to this right now, like what could mums be doing if they've got young girls to like sort of start, you know, encourage them to be more curious about technology and coding and and getting them to see that it's not just a, a boy club. Yeah, well, I mean, technology is everywhere. And I, I think gaming is such a small element of it. There's roles for women. Like here, I'm a marketing events person. And I've got a job in tech. Mm-hmm. So I think that we don't, we shouldn't pigeonhole ourselves by saying, oh, I, I'm not, I don't play games. Therefore, I, I can't get a role in tech. Some of the most important skills that you can bring to a tech role is creativity, is um, is artistic ability, problem solving, communication. Most of the tech is built in teams these days. Mm-hmm. So if you're a great team leader, there is a job for you in tech. So when it comes to young mothers inspiring their daughters, I mean, it starts early, buy her blocks, buy them. If she loves pink, like my other three-year-old and she's obsessed with pink, purple princesses, unicorns, but you know she's got purple blocks and unicorn blocks and, path and you know, those building blocks that um, to encourage that love of STEM um, mm-hmm. can start early. So you lean into their own interests, but um, definitely explore, um, yeah, explore other sort of toys and, mm-hmm. you know, those more traditional mm-hmm. boys Mm-hmm. boys toys I guess um is a great way to to encourage a love of STEM but yeah it's not just about um it's not just about video games you know girls love girls play on phones as well girls love taking photos girls love to have to have conversations um and I you know I shouldn't say girls either we we do kind of generalize boys and girls as certain aspects being boys and girls things but it's not it is tr- more traditional feminine traits, a more feminine trait for girls is they want to be someone. They look up to, um, they seek, they, they fall into care careers because their first role models are mothers, are carers, um, and they want to be someone. So they embody in their play, they embody the people that they see around them, which is usually mums and grandmas and aunties and, and carers. Um, so they play with their dollies. But my little girl sits at her computer and plays and plays business. She has business meetings and I just I think that. that's the most wonderful yeah. thing that I've taught her. Um, but my little guy, he's more interested in how things work. So I think traditionally boys have gone into tech because they like to see how things work, but um, embracing that tech isn't just about making how things work. It's also about building great projects together and um, and problem solving and creativity. You know, our um, our CEO and founder Ali, she was an she was a an art, she was an artist. She wanted to get into art school, and now she is an engineer, um, CEO, founder, and engineer. Uh, our lead technologist Sarah was a music teacher, and now and she just found this love of. Um, love of of working things out and fixing things so Mm -hmm. 
the strong role models, finding those strong role models in tech. So a woman, mm-hmm. a, a girl, a young girl um, can see where she wants to go is very important. Um, but then also knowing that, yeah, it's not, you don't just have to do gaming to be good at tech. Yeah. That whole, you mm. can't be what you can't see. Mm. Um, type philosophy um so I love that sort of you know that thought about mentorship and looking you know for other people that are really achieving you know certain dreams that you would like to aspire to and 7,000 people coming out of school into taking digital roles it's just it's just not covering anywhere near what's required um for Australia even to head in the direction that's required um to sustain um the world's tech um, I think quite often we sort of rely on changes coming from government and it's obviously stems from a real grassroots level um, and expecting them to be introducing the relevant sort of STEM sub- subjects and generating that interest in our kids. Um, but obviously, you know, as individuals, I feel that we do have to take ownership and make a difference towards that as well. Um, within Code Like a Girl, do you have any sort of policies, missions, visions around how to help at that? sort of more grassroots level we we did um for a period of time we were running camps and and encouraging uh, girls to get involved in coding there's a lot of different programs and I can probably um after this I I can do you up a bit of a list of fun games and things that girls can play online to get involved um in in STEM and in coding um yeah I guess yeah, there's heaps. There's heaps of programs. It's definitely, and you, you know, as you mentioned, we we what we look to the government for that learning. But we've found, in, especially in Code Like a Girl, that our biggest supporters is coming from industry. Yeah. Industry knows it needs women, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they're building products that are for women. Then, but and I, I steal a term that uh, one of our partners once said to me is, "We've got the ghost of the machine is a man, but the product is for women." And I need. You know, we need more women to make our tech better, not only for other women, but for everyone. It's mm-hmm. just good commercial sense to yeah. have a more dynamic group. So, um, yeah, I would be looking to, I know that there are programs done with all sorts of organisations. Um, I was speaking to Amazon this week and they are working with a um, another not-for-profit to uh, work with grassroots teams as well. So I'm more than happy to um, to shoot you through some resources after this and, um, yeah, added some notes to the to the podcast amazing because yeah. I think that's something that our audience would be really interested in yeah, yeah. Looking at as well. and everything you just said there as well like Pam and I have obviously we've we've worked in technology for the last 12 years we've recruited in technology we've got an IT recruitment company we see firsthand every single day that you know we put a job up on seek you know we'll get 90% of men apply for that and only 10% of women, but those 10% of women, you know, we, we jump on because we know our clients are crying out for women, but then you look at their policies and their procedures and like what they offer. And it's like, actually, that's not really appealing for women. Right. And you've touched on something really important earlier about the whole flexibility. And that's something that I am extremely passionate about like Mm. you know I don't believe in the nine to five you know everyone's different everyone works differently some people are morning some people are evening so to to solve some of these problems and and if businesses are sat there and they're like we really want to attract more women we really want to have more diversity what sort of things could they be offering in their business to attract women and get women through the doors yeah, beautiful. I love that question. It, I'm just reflecting. We we hold events with Code Like a Girl quarterly events, um, and we we get a 
we get panellists in who are thought leaders on certain topics. And last year we had the wonderful Jacqueline Kerno who um, works for EY, but she does a lot of speaking in this space. And one of the first things she said was, women aren't dumb. <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> We're definitely can't not. Recruit, if you can't <laughs> recruit women, it's not because of the women. Yeah. Okay. They know what they need. They know what they want. Um, they need flexibility. They need work from home opportunities. Um, they need they need a safe space. They do not want to work in a boys club. Mm. So if you are having trouble recruiting women, the first thing you need to do is look at your own practices and not look at the women that you're trying to employ. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important to you know right right there flexibility. Working from home as an option. I understand if it has to be hybrid, but forcing people to come back to the office five days a week is not going to work for women. We've been able to do a load of washing at home in our lunch break um, yeah. for a couple of years now, and that's made the made the world of difference in my wow. life. Yeah, um, and I'm sure it's made the world of difference difference in others. We don't have to commute anymore. That's a whole hour, an extra hour, sometimes two or three hours a day we can spend with our children. Mm-hmm. And this is where I get really passionate about um, working, especially working mothers, right? There's a bit of a stigma that working mothers aren't going to be as focused on the job at hand. They're not going to bring their best skills. They're going to be more distracted. But ever since I became a mother, I've become a better employee and a better worker. And the reason for that is I... If you're taking me away from my children, you better be sure that it's I'm going to make it worth it for me. I'm going to mm-hmm. achieve as much as I can. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do the job that I love to do and I'm going to get in there and get it done in the short time that I have so that when I'm back with my children, I can appreciate being back with my children. So if a workplace can offer that flexibility where a woman can work from home and not have to commute for three hours a day, spend more time with her children, she's going to be much happier at work and she's going to be much more focused at work because she's had that quality time with the most important people in her life. Um, so yeah, flexibility is hugely important. And when we say flexibility, it can't be just nine to four or nine to five, sorry, nine to four. Like kids eat at five. You can't serve little kids. I've got little kids, right? We have to eat dinner at five o'clock. I'm serving dinner at five. And if I'm not, it's, there's a zoo in my house. It's wild animals. Um, so yeah, flexibility needs to be earlier days. It can't just be nine to five, four days a week. That's not flexible. That's just giving an extra day off. Um, as you said, a little bit, you know, working hours that suit them, whether it's morning or afternoon and a safe space, a safe space where women are we had a reflection recently and it's a bit of a, um, from a, from a male CEO, you know, my, my door's always open. Unfortunately, that's not good enough. If you want to create a safe space where people feel heard, you need to go and ask for their opinion. You need to sit mm. with them. Not everyone is aggressive. Not everyone is assertive. Not everyone um, can advocate for themselves in a busy workplace with lots of people. So if you want to ensure that everyone's voices are being heard, you need to actively, as a leader, as a CEO, or any stage of leader in your organisation, you need to make space for people's voices to be heard. Mm. Um, and and women can they can tell when they interview at, a, at an organisation. We, we had a, one of our panellists at a recent event, she shared that she, um, when she was tossing up between a current role and a previous role and she went in for the interview and there was four men there and that's okay, that's normal, but um, that's not that's not okay, but it's normal. It's to be expected. And um, 
and just the bro culture that was coming through in that interview, she was like, this isn't for me. She didn't feel included. She didn't feel wanted. She didn't feel like her opinion was, was um, heard. There was a lot of talking from their end and not much listening of what she could bring to the table. Whereas on the other side, it was mostly men on the interviewing panel, but there was a woman there, which was great, but she felt heard. She felt understood and she felt wanted. And so she mm-hmm. went for the job where she felt included. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's coming back to that culture and, and making sure that leaders, um, and I, this isn't this is another thing I'm passionate about, don't just tell leaders and managers that they should be doing something. Mm-hmm. Ensure they have the training, ensure they have the support, and then ensure they have the accountability to be achieving that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen so many organisations where the, what the CEO says the culture is and then what the actual culture is in the day-to-day running are two different things because they've missed that step where middle management is getting is being empowered mm-hmm. to achieve that culture and, and have that accountability so mm-hmm. yeah at all levels we all need to have ownership for creating a safe space for women yeah I, I love that and I think creating that safe space is just such an important part of creating a happy at work culture as well like we Georgie and I have both worked in tech and digital recruitment for a very long time it's a male-dominated industry both in terms of recruitment but also the clients and the candidates that we engage with it's just like male-dominated left right up down um but what we've built with ch solutions is um it's a female-led company we've got five female employees and we really do want to embrace that but what we also say is that if we hire you you have our trust you don't have to build that okay you got it we've hired you for a reason and we do want people to feel as though they can speak up and be heard and we're in a position where I'm I'm actually the only one that is a mother in our business at the moment um but even from we all ebb and flow throughout the course of a day and I want people to know that they can come to work and if I call you and you're out a walk at 10 30 in the morning please don't panic (laughs) it's okay like you work in terms of how you work best because we laugh and joke all the time um some of the team are not morning people they're still at that age where they like a right good lion and that's okay it's about just embracing where people are at and I think if you give that trust you 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 gain the respect and absolute droves Mm -hmm. and you're so right people get the job done when they're given that safe space they want to work they want to get it done and I think that's something that is really powerful creating that safe space in a working environment you know you get the return on that so I love that we're singing from the same hymn sheet there definitely it comes down to good management really doesn't it like a good manager will set the KPIs set the objectives and it comes down to getting a job done not hours in a seat Skills and experience do not outweigh hours in a seat any day of the week. Mm. So we need to stop stop recognising and awarding people who are working full time mm. um, because we haven't been able to set clear objectives for a role. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. I love it. And could we sort of talk to Code Like a Girl in terms of like the vision and the mission? Um, you guys are obviously making such great headway. You've got such a great brand name, The Events. I don't think there's anyone in tech and digital that doesn't actually know yeah. about the events yeah. that you guys run. They're, they're amazing. Um, but what is the sort of, um, now that you've got to a certain stage with the business, what's yeah. what's next? 
Yeah. So we're so excited. Um, this is a really big year for us. We launched our courses for women back in 2020. There were short courses, boot camps in uh, C Sharp, Python, or Foundations of Web Development. Um, but we, but they're a boot camp. They're for a beginner friendly. Um, by women for women learning experience and it's it's flexible learning as well which you know is so important to women's education um but we we they were getting to a certain point and then needing to go somewhere to further their education now at the other end we have our wonderful intern program where we find interns from around australia and help them get their first job with a leading organization uh, leading tech team in australia um but we couldn't we had there was a gap (laughs) And this year we're closing that gap. We're closing the loop and we're launching our career track later this year. And a woman will study with us for four months for about one day a week. And at the end of that four months, she's going to be intern ready. Oh, and the, so exciting. We're so That's excited. Exciting. The whole team has been just working their little bums off to get it done. Yeah. And so we're so excited to get there. Um, and the first 20 women that are going through that course are doing it on scholarship thanks to the Extra Foundation. Um, so, yeah, the first 20 women who will be placed, who will train and then be, go, be onboarded into our internship program and, and get their first job will be women that would not normally have been able to study tech, would not have been able to afford it. So that's just amazing. It's actually life changing. Yeah. That that really is. That's <laughs> that's absolutely huge. And I think as women as well, we more naturally feel as though we need to be ready for a role. We need to know all. So by yes. implementing that sort of extra step, that will make women feel so much more supported and ready to enter the workforce and embark on a new career. So yeah. kudos yeah, for bringing that all together. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It would, yeah, I mean, I can't take any credit whatsoever. I'm just get to, I'm the one that gets to talk about it to everyone. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we've got a great team that are just, yeah, they're working super hard right now. They're on, on a bit of a deadline. So they'll yeah. listen to this later. So shout out to the team. I see you and now everyone else sees you guys. You're yeah, <laughs> doing such do. a great job for everyone. And we're going to get there. You can do yeah, it. <laughs> absolutely. And what kind of numbers are you hoping to bring through the program this year? Um, we haven't set a hard target at the moment. As I said, the first group will be a, a cohort of 20. Um, and then a couple of months after that, I think we'd like to grow it again to do another uh, 20 or 30, sort of that sort of slow growth, just so we get the feel for delivering the program. Um, and then next year, yeah, sky's the limit. Mm. Come on, come one, come all. <laughs> Amazing. And um, just in terms of like, again, the audience, um, what would your advice be to our listeners that are potentially looking for a career move, right? I, I personally think that there's never been a better time in history to make a pivot in your career if you're ready to embark on a new challenge. It's such a candidate-led market at the moment. I feel that employers have got more of an appetite than ever to explore yes. talent, pools that potentially don't meet up to what their regular tick boxes would be um what would you say to women that are potentially looking to get into tech at the moment what would your advice be yeah so I'm really lucky I get to talk to representatives from industry all the time and that's my job I I talk to all the you know Amazon EY Google Macquarie ANZ um 99 designs you know these big tech employers and I speak to them all the time and and time and again they keep telling me you know, um, it's not about this, 
there needs to the skills skills aren't as important as the attitude and mm-hmm. the, the commitment to learning and being a lifelong learner. So even by doing a course like a, a code like a girl course, a beginner friendly one, um, that's a great tick on your resume for showing that you're 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 ready to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Definitely come, like get into the code like a girl community. We have events all the time. We've got free events. We've got our signature events. We've got our blog where we profile women in tech. Um, our Instagram, we try to have some fun with it there. Come on, get involved in the community and learn more from others. You know, we'll show you the women that are doing great things and to try and inspire you. Um, and yeah, and then we've got our wonderful courses that, as I said, they're, they're beginner friendly. You can know nothing about tech and come and do a Code Like a Girl t- course with a, it's safe, it's supportive. You'll find your community, you support each other through that course. Um, and at the end of it, um, if you don't find your passion for tech, that's, you know, I'd, that's fine. Obviously, there's somewhere else you need to be. But, um, yeah, you know, our, we are, um, our chief HR person, she did a course recently just to because um, she helps to run that course and helps with the people side. So she wanted to do the course so that she knew what the, um, the scholars were going through. And now she's getting in there and playing with our website and <laughs> doing. Well, if you had asked her five years ago if she'd be writing tech in a website, she would have said, no way. Um, but it really has opened up her um her passion for technology and getting there and playing with code and, yeah, and different yeah, things. So yeah. yeah, start start easy. Yeah. Ease yourself in. Um but come come join the community. We're having fun. We're having a lot of fun yeah. over here. I love that. And there's just something that Pam and I are just extremely passionate about. It's actually why we started the sisterhood with with everything that we're doing because we saw this huge gap coming with like web three and web three is the future and we were like we cannot not have women at the table in this like web two was a bit of a bro club so now we're like right come on come on ladies come on girls let's get involved in this space and and when I was looking into potential partnerships like co like a girl was just something that Pam and I both looked at each other and like that's that's the sort of company and brand that we would love to partner with and part of our community is what we're going to offer is we're going to be putting women through you know your courses your scholarships like all of these programs I just think it's so important to encourage women to to try new things like let's change the narrative you don't just have to go into these jobs right let's expand it let's get some women you know trained up in technology so I'm really excited that we're going to be working with you hopefully and and getting some women through through your doors and trained up and then we've got an IT recruitment company to help them get jobs over the back end so it yes. just all kind of works so cool. perfectly it's so good I know it is so good yeah it's really exciting um and I think yeah there's so many um the change is coming. The change of yes. embracing diversity is coming and there's so many organisations that want to do good out there. Um, yeah, it's really industry-led. Yeah, it is. And I just think like female financial independence is genuinely something mm. that Georgie and I are incredibly passionate about as well and for an industry that can actually offer the flexibility that's so all important to a lot of women, tech and digital is a great career choice. Mm. Um but look, th- this has just been talk, such an encouraging talk conversation. You definitely talk money because the money yeah. you can make in tech is, oh. it's huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. There's People are starting off their career and they're earning well over 100K, like just a few years into their career as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you, I think we don't talk money enough. We don't talk finances enough. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that if women just knew 
the earning capabilities that were in the tech career, they would be yeah. running a lot faster this opportunity. So if you are looking at your next move and you're considering, you know, maybe you're a social media fan and you're thinking becoming a social media manager, stop because mm-hmm. you're going to tap out well before you tap out in your earning capacity yeah. as a as in engineering or in tech. So, yeah, that's probably yeah. a really important message. Absolutely. I just want to jump in here as well. As a woman, there's no shame in wanting to go for jobs for the money, right? I just want to say that. I want to just be like, you know, I'm a woman and I've been very driven by, you know, creating a financial freedom for myself from a very young age. And I just thought, you know, I saw my dad was the the breadwinner and all my uncles and things. I thought, actually, you know, I want to be that. I want to be earning the money and, and supporting myself. I don't want to be, you know, just sort of, you know, living off my husband. I want to be earning my own money, have my own savings buy my own home and and mm. and go out and buy whatever I want when I want and I've been very driven with that from a young age and and I and I don't and, and it's almost like sometimes I get shamed because you know from a young girl I was like well I want to do well and I want to you know live in this house and drive this car and it's like if a young boy said that they'd be like, high five you know good for you but as a yeah. woman it's like oh it's a bit snobby yeah. or a bit you know oh, arrogant about the children <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, so I just yeah. think, yeah, it's important for women to you not be ashamed if they want to, no. you know, earn good money as you should as a female. As something I'm very passionate about as well. Yeah, I know the opportunities, the freedom. Um, we get to live a life of our own design when mm-hmm. money isn't an issue. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just think we need to look at. Yeah, women need to be brave and and um, and own up to wanting to earn money. It's okay. Yeah. Money is good. Yeah. It makes. It gives us yeah. power and control over our own life. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when we're actually speaking with candidates that are looking for a transition in your career, you can see the, the visible difference. Um, and again, you don't like to generalize, but more often than not, women would maybe look look to us for the advice. Look, based on what I've just told you, what do you think I'm worth? And it's like, no, you tell me yeah. what do you want? You just, yeah. you know, command it and, and we'll take that to market for you based on your experience. But I do find that often women come to us looking for advice mm-hmm. and direction when it comes to the financials. So that's definitely something that I'd love to see. I'd love women just like speaking up more about finances and money and just yeah. break down those barriers. Like it is okay to have those financial drivers and ask Ask for that pay rise. Yeah, You're worth it. And be, yeah, I think women have kept quiet about how much they earn. You know, it's been a bit of a taboo subject to talk about how much we earn, but it means that, that that's how the pay gap has, has occurred. It's one of the yes. reasons it has occurred yeah. because pay rates have been such a big secret. Why? Why are they mm-hmm. secret? If it's fair and if everyone's getting paid the equal amount or, or getting recognised for their skills, mm-hmm. why yeah. is it a big secret? Um, So, yeah, I think the more that women can embrace that change of of talking about pay, how much they are making, how much their colleagues are making, um, it's going to make this whole system a lot more transparent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's it. And that's why I think the blockchain is going to change the future because it once everything's on the blockchain, everything is visible, transparent. And that is why I'm so excited about that being Mm -hmm. embraced in this new world because there's no, imagine if a contract, your work contract was on the blockchain, everyone could access that and you could say, hang on a minute, John Smith's earning 30 grand more than me. What's all this about? You know, so you could actually then be, you know, stand up for yourself and see firsthand instead of all this like, 
like, you know, we'll pay him a bit more than her. You know, it's like, that's what I want to see in the future. And hopefully that comes around quickly. But it's these conversations that are going to enhance that and bring that forward. So, Amy, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to, you know, bring you on today and, uh, you know, um, yeah, just sort of sign off, like where can people go if they want to find out more about Co Like a Girl yourself, like where, where can we direct them? Yeah, jump on, like jump onto our Instagram straight away. Like that's where all of our resources and things are. We're pretty active on there sharing stories. We've got a great little, um, uh, Instagram takeover happening this week um, by one of our partners. So yeah, come and see what it's like to be a woman in tech. Um, yeah. Come join our communities. We've got uh, we've got so much fun. We're having so much fun and and um, and learning a lot. We're learning together. I think is the most important thing. All of our events, the team, our co like a girl team is learning from our community and 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 we're presenting. Um, yeah, just opening up ideas and yeah, come come check us out on Instagram. Amazing sign up to the newsletter, come to an event. I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I think um, it just what you guys are doing in order to encourage uh, more women to just break the bias in both their lives and career, it's huge. We love what you all stand for and we're really excited to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah thank you thanks for the opportunity it's just been absolutely wonderful to talk about all my favorite topics so yeah, thank yeah. you so much <laughs> likewise thank you so much for listening to today's episode i really hope that you enjoyed it and if you did please give a little share on your social and if you have time please leave a review and i hope to see you next time take care